Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're Identical, Identical Twins. Twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone. Hi everyone. I'm Kelly. I'm Carrie. And And we're we're Identical identical twins. Twins. Happy New Year! <laughs> Happy New Year a little late. It's 2024. It is 2024. But the last time you heard from us, it was 2023. 2023. <laughs> yes. So we decided to just release two episodes, mm-hmm. one in November and one in December. So the one in November was a live episode that we were able to record on the hymn, Be, Be Still My Soul. Soul. And it was wonderful, right? Yes. What a great hymn. It's so funny because we do a hymn like Be Still My Soul. We do it in a live episode, which is a little different. Mm -hmm. And I almost feel like I want to revisit it in a more traditional podcast. Yeah. Such a good hymn. So December, we saw another live episode. Mm -hmm. Episode 92. God rest ye merry gentlemen. And that was so much fun. That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love when we get to talk about a Christmas hymn. I mean, I just do. But that one was so good. And it's funny because people had lots of opinions on it. People were like, I don't like that one. I don't like God rest ye merry. And then they heard our live episode and, you know, they changed their mind on it. Yeah. 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 And I think people really who do love it. Yeah. Um, heard it in a new way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were a little quiet. Right. I mean, we were definitely focusing on our speaking engagements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is one of our big, big goals for 2024 yeah. is to book more speaking engagements. And so if we're doing that, then, you know, our podcasting may take a back seat a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but we always want to be doing our episodes. We do. Yeah. And we do have the opportunity to record when we are speaking right. and then release it as a podcast. But that doesn't always happen. Right. We don't always get to record it. Right. Um, but we love being with people and talking about these hymns. I know when we think of the reasons why we started the podcast, it was to keep us connected at a time in our lives when we were all staying home. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. did it during the pandemic mm-hmm. and we used it as a way to stay connected. But now that we're kind of back to worship. We want to be connecting with people in person. We don't want to just stay behind the microphone anymore. I know. I know. So if you have an event that you'd like us to come to, a church, a women's retreat, a Bible study, a conference, we would love to come. Mm -hmm. We would love to come and bring our own little hymn talk, twin talk perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So, We took a break and now we're back and we really wanted this episode number 93 to to be be awesome. To be a good one. Like it had to be, this was, you know, we've been away for a month or two or three. And we really talked about it. We went through our list of requests, which we have some great requests, Mm -hmm. but nothing from our request list really fit. Right. I mean, we wanted a hymn that spanned centuries, that clearly it stood the test of time. And we wanted a hymn that would really span churches and denominations. I mean, we have some great Baptist hymns coming up, Cal. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we thought for this first one, we wanted something that really can be found in many hymnals in many churches. Right. We wanted a hymn that had maybe a well-known writer or composer. We thought it would be so cool to highlight someone that people knew just by their name. But then 
wanting to know more about them. Right. And then we wanted to do a hymn that a lot of people would know. Right. So it took us a while to come up with this one. I know. And it, we kind of just said it like flippantly. How about this? How about this? How about mm-hmm. this? And then, yeah, we kept going back to it. Okay, Why so not? do you want to hear what it is? Yeah, let's tell it. All right. Episode 93 is All Creatures, Creatures of, of Our God and King. Woohoo! All creatures of our God and King. As soon as I hear it, oh, I yeah. hear the tune. Absolutely. Dum, da, da, dum, da, 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 dum, right? I hope other people hear it too. Me too. Me yeah. too. I mean, I don't know if that's surprising to our listeners. Really? You picked all creatures of our God and King? Well, but I hope when you listen to this, you'll totally understand why. It absolutely spans centuries. It absolutely spans continents and countries and churches. languages and languages. Mm-hmm. We learned that it that the hymn was written for Pentecost Sunday, but it really could be an opening hymn for any day. It could be used for Ascension Day. Mm-hmm. It can be used for All Saints Day, which we'll explain in a minute why it could be used for All Saints Day. But it really is an awesome call to worship or opening hymn of praise for I any day. So. Yeah, I could see it just as an opening hymn. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think of planning worship and you just want a good solid opening hymn you know you just want that rousing sound of the pipe organ full of praise and worship full yeah i think this one what's another one like when morning gills the skies may jesus christ be praised that's a good one that's a good one um i always think of oh worship the king Mm -hmm. this one i love because it has it doesn't have a chorus it doesn't have a refrain but it has those Repeated words. Oh, praise him. Alleluia. It repeats, oh, praise him and right. alleluia. You absolutely know that it is a hymn of praise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is All Creatures of Our God and King. It's published in 259 hymnals. It's not nearly as many as I thought. Kelly, I honestly thought it would have been th- a thousand hymnals. I know. I know. That's weird. Why is it only 259? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But we're thinking that everybody knows this. We are thinking that. But if you don't know it, (laughs) you're going to love it after today. Mm -hmm. And the thing that we really loved, and one of the reasons why we were drawn to it for this big comeback episode, is that the words were written by St. Francis Francis of Assisi. Assisi. Should we have applause for him? Kelly, there should be something. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I mean, saints are known for a lot of things, but I mean... Not all of them are known for writing hymns I know. and poems. Now, we talked a lot about St. Patrick. Mm-hmm. We when, had him on two episodes. Right. We really talked about him with I Bind Unto Myself Today. Kelly, that was episode 81. And I actually did most of the research for St. Patrick for mm-hmm. that episode. Mm-hmm. I loved all the stories that went with him. Mm-hmm. All the... Maybe stories that have been embellished over the years as they've been told and retold. I really loved it. And then we talked to him uh, maybe briefly, not quite as much, on Be Thou My Vision. Right. Episode 48, if you haven't listened to that yet. Such a good one. Mm -hmm. And so this one, being St. Francis, I can't wait to hear about him, Kelly. You researched him this week. So it's funny. I did a lot of the research for St. Francis, and it's the same sort of thing. There's a lot of stories. Right. There's a lot of stories that I can't wait to share. They're interesting. They're entertaining. They're a little bit disbelieving. And sometimes we're not totally sure they're true. I mean, how how can we absolutely corroborate a story from the 1200s? The 1200s. Yeah. It's so old. Mm-hmm. Now... Can we just say we did briefly talk about St. Francis of Assisi? I feel like yes. this would be like a hymn talk, twin talk uh, trivia. Right. This should be hymn trivia Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We talked about 
St. Francis when we did the wonderful Christmas hymn, Angels from the Realms of Glory. Mm -hmm. We learned that St. Francis was really the first one who came up with the idea of having a nativity to sort of honor and celebrate and acknowledge those rough conditions surrounding Jesus's birth. That we would be brought into the story mm-hmm. to, to see and feel what it was like. So let's hear a little bit about St. Francis. I actually can't wait to tell you about him. I feel like I just want to sit with my cup of tea and listen to you, Kelly. <laughs> well, hopefully all of you can do that too. So St. Francis of Assisi was born in Assisi, Italy in the year 1181. I don't even know when that is. Like, that is so long ago. (laughs) So long ago. And so this, Carrie, is our first interesting story about Francis of Assisi. And I think it was true. So he was born to wealthy parents. His dad was named Pietro, and his wife was Pica de Berlamont. Berlamont. And he was born in Italy, but his father was out away on business when he was born. And his mother named him Giovanni di Pietro di Bernardone. Oh, that's a great name. He was baptized with that name, Carrie, Giovanni. And when the father came home, he called him Francesco, the Frenchman. And eventually people said that he was called the Frenchman, Francesco, because he had an aptitude for learning French. But in reality, the father named him the Frenchman because he had just come home from France and nicknamed him the Frenchman, Francesco. And he is now still known to this day, St. Francis of Assisi, like the anglicized version of Francesco. Wow. Okay. The Frenchman. Well, I don't have a ton of information of him as a child, but I guess as a young boy, he was selling cloth and velvet in the marketplace on behalf of his father when a beggar came to him and asked for alms. At the conclusion of his day and of his business deal, Francis abandoned his wares and ran after the beggar. And when he found him, Francis gave the man everything he had in his pockets. His friends quickly mocked him and made fun of him for doing this act of charity. And even when he got home, his father scolded him. Of course. But through the course of St. Francis's life, we see so many times where he's living in poverty, giving of everything that he had. He took those words of Jesus very seriously um, to follow him and to give up everything that you had. And over and over again, his friends and his father, they're, they're teasing him about it. The father actually gets very mad because it's his money that he's giving away. But this was really important to St. Francis to kind of live with nothing, to take those words really seriously. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about his life because he didn't necessarily grow up in a very religious house. He did take a pilgrimage to Rome as a young man. And this is one of the first times he has a vision. He ends up having a couple of visions that he believes are from the Lord. He had a vision of Jesus Christ at a house outside of Assisi. And Jesus says to him, Francis, Francis, go and repair my house, which as you can see is falling into ruins. Wow. So Francis takes that to mean, go and build my church. My my church is falling apart. My church is in ruins. And he's saying, go back to Assisi. So Francis leaves Rome and goes back to Assisi. So Kelly, he lives in Assisi, and you said that he makes this first pilgrimage to Rome. Right. So I'm curious. Right. So what is this going to be like? It's in the 1200s yes. or so? Late 1100s. Late 1100s. <laughs> and he is making this trip. So if we were going to take a trip, mm-hmm. it 
it would take us about two hours by car. Okay. And it says that if you were walking, mm-hmm. it would take two days, mm-hmm. which I think it would be even slower then because you maybe you wouldn't have paved roads and like it wouldn't be as easy of a of a trip right so he makes this pilgrimage he's traveling for maybe up to three days and he sees this vision yes telling him to go back to assisi to build jesus's house so he goes back to assisi he builds his house now his parents i'm sure expected him to go and be a cloth merchant. Right. And so now he's really saying, I'm going to build a church? Yes. So what he does is he goes back to Assisi and he lives with the beggars. He lives in poverty. He does not go back with his parents. And in that time, with his own two hands and with people who were with him, he restored several ruined chapels. So several chapels that that needed restoration. He did the work for them, which is what he said Jesus told him to do in, in the vision. And he restored... The Porzioncola. Porzioncola. I'm trying to say it in Italian. Does that sound right? I don't know what it is. Porzioncola. It's a little chapel of St. Mary of the Angels, which is just outside of the town of Assisi. And that he ended up living there. That became his favorite place to live. Mm. Porzioncola. Porzioncola. And guess what? It's still there. We could go there. We could go there. I was hoping you would say that. Where's our captain? This is your captain speaking. So I, I would love to be able to go to Assisi. I think that's amazing. I know. I know. Of all, and we've been to Italy and years nev- and years yeah, and years ago. We never went to Assisi. No. So Kelly, is Porzioncola the name of the church, or is it the name of the town that the it's church the is in? Chapel. It's, it's the, the chapel, chapel in the Mary of Angels Church. The Porzioncola is literally translated to mean tiny portion. So it's the mm. little, little chapel that's okay. in the bigger place. And so now they have a giant basilica that is over the Portienzocola. <laughs> and you can visit the basilica, and then you will see the small chapel where he lived, and he actually began the Franciscan order. And the basilica is, is newer, obviously, and it's built over where the chapel was, and it actually dwarfs i mean it's, right. it's, it's huge humongous. now yeah. yeah and you know he didn't want anything with the wealth he didn't want right. anything grand right. like that so i kind of wonder what he must think to see this huge basilica you know after his life's work of wanting to give away all of his possessions yeah but he has to know that the church had to get bigger to accommodate all the people who are coming to it mm-hmm. that has to make him feel good it needs to be big for people. For people. Yeah. yeah. So also when you're there, you can see the thornless rose bush. Okay. So really? this is another story, a, a legend of St. Francis. Okay. It says that one day he was tempted by the devil. So he said that he needed to punish himself. I mean, he he deserved to be punished. So he reportedly jumped into a rose bush. And at that moment, it turned into a thornless rose bush so that he wasn't hurt at all. It was God giving him mercy. You didn't need to be punished. You Mm -hmm. didn't need to be hurt. Um, And to this day, there are no thorns on the rose bush. What? Yeah. Kelly, like a thousand years have gone by. (laughs) So are they scamming us? I mean, I guess our listeners will have to decide. So... I don't care. I I still would go and see the thornless rose bush. Me too. Me too. Okay. Okay. I believe that it's thornless. 
I believe that. I just do don't you, know if do it's you think thornless. <laughs> do you think there's someone at night like ripping off the thorns? No, no, no. Well, can't they genetically engineer I mean, probably, roses no, to yeah. be thornless? I mean, they can get grow watermelons without mm-hmm. seeds. Mm-hmm. I feel like they could. So while you're there too, you can. This is just you know more tourist attractions. You there is a statue of Saint Francis that's there, and it marks the spot where he he talked to the doves. Saint Francis is known to be a friend to animals. This is like a Disney movie waiting to happen. I know, I know. I, know. I, I really feel like why hasn't this been made into a movie yet? And apparently to this day, white turtle doves still nest in the statue, and you get two of them on the second day of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so Kelly, that story of of him talking to doves, um, the story goes, you know, that there was a youth mm-hmm. who had taken many of the turtle doves from the area, and he was going to take them out and sell them. Mm-hmm. And Saint Francis, who of course loved all the gentle creatures, <laughs> um, met the boy, saw the turtle doves, and he was extra compassionate, and he said to the youth. Good youth, I pray thee, give them to me. That bird's so gentle. He saves the turtle doves. Yep. He wants to build nests for them and take care of them. Mm-hmm. He said, I want to save you from death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that young man who was stealing them, mm-hmm. he actually brought him into his order. Mm-hmm. So many lives were saved that day. <laughs> <laughs> One young boy and the rest were doves. Tur- turtle doves. <laughs> turtle doves. So that's just one of those stories that we think is true. I mean, it's very sweet. I could see it as a cartoon. <laughs> so you're in Porzionola. Wow. You're in the you're in the tiny chapel. Yeah, you're a tourist, so I'm sure you've paid money to get there. <laughs> it's not free. You see the you see his little room that he stayed in. Mm-hmm. You see the statue of him where the turtle doves are nesting. You see the thornless rose bush, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you also see the place where Saint Francis was praying. And Jesus appeared to him yet again. This is another vision that he has of Jesus. And Jesus offers him a request to grant one of his requests. It's kind of like the genie in the bottle. Jesus says, you know, what can I give you? And so Francis, being so nice and generous and wearing about his common man, says that he wants an indulgence to be granted to all who, when they visit the chapel, confess their sins, he wants them to be pardoned. So Jesus apparently said that he would do that for him (laughs) if he just got the Pope's approval. What? So apparently... Wait a minute. But you're going to have your sins forgiven no matter what if you confess. Yes, that is true. But But in that place, you wanted an indulgence from Jesus. St. Francis had to get permission. So... St. Francis went to the Pope, Pope Honorius, Honorius, Honorius yeah. the third, and he granted the request to St. Francis, but only one day a year, August 2nd, it is called the pardon of Assisi. It's a real thing. The pardon of Assisi on August 2nd, your sins will be forgiven. So do you just have to confess on August 2nd? You don't have at, to do the no, other... at the chapel. At the chapel. At the chapel. But the rest of the year, you don't have to ever confess. Like, that's your day? Like, uh, no. Well, I think you should probably confess more than that. Yeah, but what would St. Francis say? 
I'm not sure what he would say, but you know that what the people would say who are running this operation, they would like triple the ticket prices on August 2nd. <laughs> and all the hotels in the area, oh my gosh, their, their prices would skyrocket because they know everyone's coming for the pardon of Assisi. The pardon of Assisi. So this is what happens in when you look back through the lens of history and the lens of time. Right. You can see where theology gets off the track. Mm-hmm. You don't need a special pardon. Nope. You don't need a special place. No. Your sins are forgiven. But I mean, again, I don't I don't want to fault St. Francis for this because this could be just something that I know. Good mar- a good marketing team came up with. Right. To visit Assisi. Right. On our August 2nd. <laughs> but I mean, they probably could have come up with more dates <laughs> if they really <laughs> wanted to market it. I can't because it's going. It should be the second of every month. I know, I know. I don't care. I still, where's our captain? I still want to get to a CC and I still will visit the poor Ziancola. Of course. This is your captain speaking. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it just looks, it actually looks really beautiful. I'm, I'm sure like everything in Italy know, is beautiful. beautiful. Everything. All right. So there's one more kind of sto- legendary story. Well, there's okay. a couple more, but this is just another quick little anecdote. Maybe okay. you could even call it a fun fact. I'm not sure what you want to call okay. it. Okay. Well, I'll decide after I hear it. Right, right, right. <laughs> so one day while he was at prayer, he glimpsed over at a vase that he had made. He made this vase with his own two hands. And in that moment, he admired its beauty. It was a beautiful vase. (laughs) But suddenly in the moment of his prayer, he was ashamed that he was taking pride in something that he did and ashamed that he was taking his mind off the Lord and off of his prayers. He took that vase and threw it into the fire. (laughs) Because he was so against pride and possessions. Possessions, material things. Mm Mm-hmm. I wish I could see that face. <laughs> I wonder how beautiful it was. I mean, Kelly, it was the 1100s. It was probably just like a rock <laughs> with like a hole in it. Right, right. It could have been glass. It could have been glass. All right, so that's poor Zioncola. And this brings me to another story, a legendary story of St. Francis. So I guess we're asking you all if you think it's true or not. So there's a story that there was a wolf that was angrily threatening a town. Okay. A hungry wolf. Francis got himself involved and he rebuked the wolf oh. for his reign of terror, but acknowledged that he was only doing this reign of terror because he was hungry. I mean, I get that. I get that. He was angry. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a Snickers. Oh, gosh. So apparently St. Francis reached an agreement with the wolf. Right. And the wolf would stop hunting the livestock in exchange for the villagers regularly feeding him. But what were they going to feed him? The livestock. (laughs) Well, not the livestock. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, there's some kind of fantastic stories surrounding St. Francis. If we find out that he fed the turtle doves to the wolf. <laughs> I will be so mad. He would never. He would never. Okay. He would never. He would never. So this brings us to the end of his life. And th- mm-hmm. this is just so funny that on episode 93, after our big comeback, we're talking so much about this saint. We haven't even talked about the hymn yet. We will. We will. We will. St. Francis, his story is just amazing. I know. And I'm so interested to hear if other people, if our listeners are listening along and going, oh, I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. Because honestly, this is kind of news to me. Yeah. I mean, we always say that the saints' stories are really neat and we wish we knew more of Mm -hmm. them. And and this certainly is one Mm -hmm. of them. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So now we're going to the last sort of vision and miraculous event that happened. Okay. And it was soon before his death. He has another vision of Jesus. And it is at this point that he receives the stigmata. Oh. Do you know what the stigmata is, Carrie? Isn't it like the signs of the crucifixion or mm-hmm. the signs of the the wounds and the in the yeah. in the injuries like on your own body? Yes, yeah. yes. So he receives the stigmata. And apparently there was another friar with him named Brother Leo who was a first-hand account and who wrote these words. Right, right. So this is another direct quote. Um, suddenly he saw a vision of a seraph a six-winged angel on a cross, the angel gave him the gift of the five wounds of Christ. It is these wounds that he had that he actually succumbed to and died on September 12th, 1224. Wow. Yeah. And we have the firsthand account from the other friar. Right. So he went back to the Porzion Cola, knowing he was at the end of his life, and he dictated his spiritual testament. So we have a lot of right. of his stories that are from him himself, you know, on his deathbed that that were recorded. It's said that on his deathbed, even in his pain, he was preaching to the birds, urging them to sing praise to God. People who were walking by could hear him singing. Um, and it was at a meal with the sisters, so he's staying with the the sisters, um, that he wrote the poem, Canticle of the Sun. It is one of the last thing he things he writes. And it is this poem, Canticle of the Sun, that ends up being all creatures of our God and King. Now, just to be clear, mm-hmm. Canticle of the Sun, it's S-U-N. Right. So it's the shining sun in our sky. Mm-hmm. Um, Canticle of the Sun. So he wrote it on his deathbed mm-hmm. in Italian. Yeah. It gets translated over the years. It's a famous, famous poem. Mm-hmm. But how does it become our hymn? I mean, this it's kind of miraculous. Right. It's kind of miraculous. So this is a poem that he wrote, Canticle of the Sun, that he says was inspired or based on Psalm 145. This was the psalm that he was reading. This was the psalm that he was meditating on in his deathbed. So I thought we would look at 145. Okay. Because this is going to be what inspired him, and it's going to be what inspired all creatures of our God and King. You know, we see right in Psalm 145.10, All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power and make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. And then how about verses 15, 16, and 17? Mm. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. Mm -hmm. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. Mm -hmm. So it says that he was meditating on this psalm when he... Mm -hmm. You know, when he was on his deathbed and when he was writing the, the poem, Canticle of the Sun. But then as I went into it a little bit more, it says that Psalm 145 and Psalm 148 are really closely connected. And when I look at Psalm 148, I feel like that's the psalm this hymn is based on. Okay. Just read this. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds. Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise Praise the Lord. Lord. Yeah, a great psalm of praise. I mean, I could see Psalm 148 being right up Mm -hmm. St. Francis's alley. Yeah, so I don't know if, you know, the two of them have been always connected or just are connected or that's what someone did when they realized it was really more like 148 Mm -hmm, than 145. mm -hmm. But either way, when St. Francis wrote this poem, he was thinking of all the things in the earth, everything that can give their praise to God. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately he died there in that small chapel, in that small place, soon after writing Canticle of the Sun. That was in 1226. And then two years later, July 16th, 1228, he was pronounced a saint by Pope Gregory IX. And to this day, if you say St. Francis, I feel Mm. like people would go of Assisi. They know him. I know, I know. Kelly, before we move on to the hymn, Mm. I thought maybe we would just talk about what life was like in the 1200s. St. Francis, of course, he has his own life and he's full of poverty. But for other people in Europe, here are some fun facts about life in this time period. Okay. So first of all, these are considered the Middle Ages Mm -hmm. from about 400 to about 1400. Okay. So it's from the collapse of Roman civilization to the Renaissance. Mm -hmm. So here are a couple of things. Okay, tell us. So I think his love of animals might also have to do with his sense of justice. Okay. Animals could be tried and convicted for crimes. Wow. And if found guilty, they could be sentenced to death. Wow. Did you know that? No. And then archery practice was almost compulsory for most men, especially in England. So the best archers in the world were coming out of England because basically the king wanted to know that if anything ever happened, (laughs) he could have an army of Mm -hmm. archers immediately available. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this kind of makes sense, but... The big cities, the big towns were the ones with cathedrals. So when you think of like, you know, England, it would be Canterbury and right. York. Right. So these big cathedral towns, I wonder if that small chapel, mm. once it became that big basilica, if it became more of an important town mm-hmm. because of uh, because of that church. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, and most of the time they're saying that business trades, uh, occupations, it's being passed down from generation to generation. So if 
St. Francis's father was a cloth merchant. Right. You would definitely expect his son to be one as well. Right. And of course, St. Francis had his own path. Maybe he should have just called him Giovanni from the beginning. <laughs> I mean, did anybody find it insulting that he called him the Frenchman? Maybe, I mean, it, I, maybe it was a compliment. I feel like the people of Italy would be like, um, no, that's <laughs> not what we're calling him. <laughs> all right. So Kelly, we have done all of this chatting about St. Francis. We haven't shared the hymn. The, we haven't shared the music. No, we so haven't. Why don't we have the tune playing in the background? Okay. And let's read the English translation of St. Francis's dying words, mm-hmm. Canticle of, of the, the Sun. Sun. All right, so we have our hymn-loving friend, Reluca, mm. playing piano for us. Uh, Reluca is writing her own hymns now, Kelly. You know that. Yes. We have to have one of Reluca's hymns on yes, the podcast. Yes, we do. Yes. That would be so fun. All right, so here's Reluca playing the tune, and let's read St. Francis's words. Most high, all-powerful, good Lord, yours are the praises, the glory, the honor, and all blessing. To you alone, most high, do they belong, and no man is worthy to mention your name. Be praised, my Lord, through all your creatures, especially Sir Brother Son, who brings the day, and you give light through him, and he is beautiful and radiant in all his splendor. Of you, most high, he bears the likeness. Praised be you, my Lord, through sister moon and the stars. In heaven you formed them clear and precious and beautiful. Praised be you, my Lord, through brother wind, and through the air, cloudy and serene, and every kind of weather through which you give sustenance to your creatures. Praised be you, my Lord, through sister water, which is very useful and humble and precious and chaste. Praised be you, my Lord, through brother fire, through whom you light the night, and he is beautiful and playful and robust and strong. Praised be you, my Lord, through Sister Mother Earth, who sustains us and governs us and who produces varied fruits with colored flowers and herbs. Praised be you, my Lord, through those who give pardon for your love and bear infirmity and tribulation. Blessed are those who endure in peace, for by you, Most High, they shall be crowned. Praised be you, my Lord, through our sister bodily death, from whom no living man can escape. Woe to those who die in mortal sin. Blessed are those who will find your most holy will, for the second death shall do them no harm. Praise and bless my Lord, and give him thanks, and serve him with great humility. So those are the English words. And, you know, there's not a lot of rhythm or rhyme or meter. You can imagine that it was probably really beautiful in Italian. I actually would love to hear someone read it in Italian. We have the words here. I know. You know, laudato, si mi signore. I mean, it's really beautiful. Now, you should know that this is the first or one of the first religious poems to come from Italy at this time. I mean, it's 12... 28. Yeah. Now, if this was just a regular man writing a poem, we would have never heard about it again. I guess, yeah. But we have St. Francis. He's living there with his brothers, the friars, and even the sisters. And they're writing down the things that he said. So we have actually way more of his writings than you would expect from Mm. 1228. Mm. So I have a game for you, Carrie. Oh, another quiz? Yes, Carrie, a quiz for you. It is... 
Was this a quote by St. Francis or another saint? Oh. So these are all saintly quotes. Well, and we have a lot of St. Francis's writings. So, okay, okay. I mean, I can honestly tell you, I do not know any of his quotes. So I don't see how I will get any of these right. Okay. Well, you have a 50-50 chance. (laughs) True, true. It's either St. Francis or someone else. Okay. Do few things, but do them well. Simple joys are holy. That is not St. Francis. It is St. Francis. <laughs> I don't know. I, simple things do it well. Yeah, I don't know. Do I, few things, but do them well. All right. All right. A single sunbeam is enough to drive away many shadows. I don't think that's him. <laughs> it is him. I thought you would be like, that was a giveaway because it's about the sun. Prayer is the inner bath of love into which the soul plunges itself. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm gonna. Say, <laughs> I'm gonna say. I'm going to keep with my trend. No, it's not him. It is. That's right. It's not him. Finally, <laughs> that was Saint John Vianney. Okay, we went to the Saint John Vianney Church in Orlando. Oh wow! Yeah. All right. The only thing ever achieved in life without effort is failure. I mean, I don't think I agree with that <laughs> sentence. But all right, I'm going to say it's him. It is, it's him. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I figured well, you had right. to end with him. <laughs> I, have, I was going to do one more, but oh, it's okay. okay. I'll stop, okay. I'll stop. All right, yeah, so, please stop. <laughs> um, maybe some of our listeners who are more in tune with the saints will yeah. have done better on that uh, than maybe you. Maybe someone's read a biography or something. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly really did the, the research on him this week. And the truth I'm is... I'm a is, fan, you guys. You are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. I like Although the story. some weird stories. I like the story about the birds. All right. So we just heard the Canticle of the Sun. Yes. And it's a beautiful poem of praise. So Mm -hmm. I could see why someone would want to set it to music. Mm -hmm. Someone would want to turn it into a song. Fast forward to like the 1900s and it ends up being paraphrased into the hymn, All Creatures of Our God and King. So this is what this man did, Draper. He paraphrased it. And in so doing, he also added the extra Oh, praise him. Hallelujah. None mm-hmm. of that is mm-hmm. in that original poem. Although it is praised be to you or a, a bunch of times. But yeah, but no, that repeated phrase, Hallelujah, right. is not in the Canticle of the Sun. Right. So we see this all a lot, mm-hmm. you know, where whoever makes it into a hymn changes it, adds words. I mean, I think the most famous example is mm-hmm. Christ the Lord is risen today. Right. So the thing that we love about that hymn Hallelujah wasn't in Charles Wesley's original text. Right. It was a musician, a composer who said, I need more. I want right. more here. So that's what we're seeing with this. We're seeing this addition of the Alleluia, oh praise him, oh mm-hmm. praise him. And I'm not sure what Draper's original intent was. I we read that it was a hymn that he was putting together for a Pentecost Sunday. But we also see that there were seven original verses. 
seven verses that this man wrote. And in our hymnal, there's four. I think I, I saw in a couple of other hymnals, maybe five. Yeah. It's so interesting to see how hymns stay with us. Right. Because they could have just dropped the hymn completely. Like, mm-hmm. let's not keep including this in hymnals. But not only do they keep including it, but they edit it yep. so that it makes the most sense. So we have, we have another special treat for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to read for you the seven verses of the hymn, which hopefully you know four or five of them. But there might be a couple of verses that you don't know that are new to you. And we're going to have, instead of Raluca playing the piano... We're going to have the organ play, which I think this is a hymn for pipe organ. Definitely. So we have used Richard Irwin in the past. Mm -hmm. So Richard Irwin has been so generous and so kind. His ministry is to provide organ music for churches that don't have an organist Mm -hmm. or don't have an organ. And you are able to access his music, download the files, and, and have them. Unfortunately, Richard Irwin passed away on December 7th, 2023. So when we had talked in previous episodes, he said he was battling cancer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And his family still has everything out on the website so people can still access Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. Um, So what a gift he's left for people. Right. We can have his organ music playing All Creatures of Our God and King. Mm -hmm. Really. And his website is amazing. We'll share it in our show notes. He has hundreds of hymns that people can access. Mm -hmm. All right. So Richard Irwin playing on the pipe organ, the tune, All Creatures of Our God and King. Let's read all seven verses. Okay. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing, Alleluia, Alleluia. Thou burning sun with golden beam, thou silver moon with softer gleam. Oh, praise him, oh, praise him. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Thou rushing wind that art so strong, ye clouds that sail in heaven along, oh, praise him, alleluia. Thou rising moon in praise rejoice, ye lights of evening find a voice, oh, praise him, alleluia. Thou flowing water, pure and clear, make music for thy Lord to hear. O praise him, alleluia. Thou fire, so masterful and bright, that gives man both warmth and light. O praise him, alleluia. Dear Mother Earth, who day by day unfoldest blessings on our way, O praise him, alleluia. The flowers and fruits that in thee grow, let them his glory also show. O praise him, alleluia. And all ye men of tender heart, forgiving others, take your part. O sing ye, alleluia. Ye who long pain and sorrow bear, praise God and on him cast your care. O praise him, alleluia. And thou most kind and gentle death, waiting to hush our latest breath. O praise him, alleluia. Thou leadest home the child of God, and Christ our Lord the way hath trod. O praise him. Alleluia. Let all things their creator bless, and worship him in humbleness. O praise him. Alleluia. Praise, praise praise the Father, praise the Son, and praise the Spirit, three in one. O praise him. O praise him. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. 
I mean, that's a long hymn, Kelly. That's seven verses Mm -hmm. with a lot of repetition, Mm -hmm. you know, with the O praise hymns and the alleluias. Mm -hmm. It is almost really impossible to think that anybody would sing all seven. Right. So do you want to talk about the ones that aren't included? Yeah, let's peek at those because those are, we're not familiar with them at all. No. And I would think that none of you are either. They're not really in any of the hymns, the hymnals that we saw. Right, right. So the first one that is kind of jarring is when we're talking about Mother Earth. Mm. Dear Mother Earth, who day by day unfoldest blessings on our way. I know that this is about God. Right. It's saying, Dear Mother Earth, you praise him. But it also kind of sounds like Mother Earth is providing the blessings. I know. It's I a, know. It, to me, it's a little unclear. I am completely in support of omitting this one. Yeah, so that's out. That's out. Yeah. And then the one right before that, Kelly, when mm-hmm. we're singing about the water, mm-hmm. the water and the fire, it's a little odd. I, I think it's poetic. Okay. You know, it's poetic. It's You can appreciate it for its beauty. It seems almost like a filler verse. I know. It's not totally necessary. Well, again, when you look at the Canticle of the Sun, his poem was mm-hmm. like naming all right. of these things. And especially in the 1100s, water and fire <laughs> right, right. had so much more value. I mean, mm-hmm. we value them now, but I mean, so much value. That was life to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see why that's omitted. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the verse that's omitted is really about death. Yeah. And, you know, we we don't sing congregational hymns about death on a Sunday morning, especially not a beautiful praise one like this. And thou most kind and gentle death, waiting to hush our latest breath, thou leadest home the child of God, in Christ our Lord the way hath trod. I mean, that's a beautiful promise. We're child of God and we're going home. Mm Mm-hmm. But maybe that's a tough verse to put in the hymn. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's look at the verses that are included. Yes. We hope that you're listening to these verses and just wanting to sing along. They're so good. Mm -hmm. All right, let's do verse one. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Alleluia, alleluia. Thou burning sun with golden beam, thou silver moon with softer gleam, oh, praise him, oh, praise him, alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. I mean, I think we might actually take that at a little bit of a faster clip than other people. I like it fast. I like it peppy. I like it fun. This is a hymn of praise, a hymn to be sung joyfully. Well, I mean, I think there's something about singing it fast because some of the notes you have to hold out for kind of long, right? You run out of breath. So you might as well just make that fast tempo so Mm -hmm. that you can sing it all. And I go right to the Canticle of the Sun, which is St. Francis's words. Mm -hmm. He says, like in the third stanza, Be praised, my Lord, through all your creatures, especially Sir Brother Sun, who brings the day, and you give light through him. And a little bit later, he says, Praised be you, my Lord, through Sister Moon and the stars in heaven you formed them. So Draper takes those words and makes that verse. Right. 
And look at Psalm 148. Mm-hmm. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye shining stars. Right. St. Francis took the psalm, mm-hmm. made a poem. Draper took the poem, made a hymn. Right. But it all points back to the Bible verse, Psalm 148. And then there's verse two, more things of nature yeah. that God created. And we're going to see how Draper took these from Francis's poem and how Francis took it from the psalm. Thou rushing wind that art so strong, ye clouds that sail in heaven along, oh, praise him, alleluia. Thou rising moon in praise rejoice, ye lights of evening find a voice, oh, praise him, oh, praise him, alleluia, alleluia. So the moon is back. (laughs) I know. It's funny. It's wind and clouds. And the moon again. And the moon. Because he's talking about the evening. And what's the lights of evening? The stars. Right. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Are you proud of me for knowing that? I may not know any of his quotes, but I know the lights. And look at the look at the canticle of the sun. Praise be you, my Lord, mm-hmm. through sister moon and the stars. Mm-hmm. In heaven you formed them clear and precious and beautiful. Praised be you, my Lord, through brother wind and through the air, cloudy and serene, mm-hmm. and every kind of weather through which you give sustenance to your creatures. If we look at Psalm 148, mm-hmm. I mean, he talks Again. about the weather too. Let's hear it. In, in verses 7 and 8. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. So the other, another verse that we sing. And all ye men of tender heart, forgiving others, take your part. Oh, sing ye, alleluia. Ye who long pain and sorrow bear, praise God and on him cast your care. Oh, praise him, oh, praise him. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. To be honest with you, I don't recall that verse. That is definitely in our hymnal. We do have that in our hymnal. But I don't see any inspiration from the poem. The poem, Canticle of the Sun, doesn't mention men, doesn't mention forgiving, doesn't mention people who are long-suffering and bearing sorrows. And neither really does Psalm 148. I know. I feel like this is something Draper added. I mean, go back to the canticle. There's nothing about human beings being forgiving. Okay, oh... I found something, Carrie. I I should have a sound for when, <laughs> like when you have, discover when something. Discovery. <laughs> okay, praised be you, my Lord, through those who give pardon for your love, oh. those who forgive, right, and bear infirmity and tribulation. Okay, how did we miss that? Well, because I don't think we we saw it quickly. We didn't see anything about men or women or humans. Blessed are those who endure in peace, for by you, most high, they shall be crowned. 
so I guess we're, we are really, I mean, we have to talk about this, but we're really seeing how Draper is putting his own stamp on this. Right. He really is. Right. And then I think clearly Draper decided to end the hymn with a doxology. Yes. Which a lot of hymns do this at the Mm -hmm. final verse. They just kind of wrap it all up together, praising God, Father, Son, and Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit. All right, let's sing it. Let all things their creator bless and worship him in humbleness. Oh, praise him. Alleluia. Praise, praise the Father, praise the Son, and praise the Spirit, three in one. Oh, praise him. Oh, praise him. Alleluia. 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 And that, I think, no matter how many verses there are in a hymnal, four, five, three, it almost is always the last one. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that in our church, when I was leading worship, to do something fun, to do something different, I did the actual doxology to that tune. Oh, yes. I remember that. Do you remember doing that? Yeah. Should we try it? Sure. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Oh, praise him. Alleluia. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Oh, praise him. Oh, praise him. Alleluia. 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 How fun is that? That's great. I think that's fun. I feel like we have sung a lot, but would anybody be interested in hearing an alternate tune? Yes. So Kelly, there is a modern Christian songwriter named Paul Tate, and he is writing music. He's also like writing choral arrangements. And he has this tune. And, and it's the words of Draper. It's exactly the words. And there's like an echo. So we can echo each other. Nice. All right, let's try it. All creatures of our God and King. All creatures of our God and King. Lift up your voice and with us sing. Lift up your voice and with us sing. O burning sun with golden beam. O burning sun with golden beam. And silver moon with softer gleam. And silver moon with softer gleam. Let all creation, let all creation sing alleluia, sing alleluia in one heart and voice. Let all creatures rejoice in God. That's fun, Kel. That's fun. I would do that another verse. So Paul Tate is taking words from the 1100s, mm-hmm. 1200s. Mm-hmm. And of course, they were paraphrased and changed by this hymn writer, which we haven't even talked about, Draper. That was in 1916. Mm-hmm. And now in, you know, 20, the, the 2000s, we get right. this song. We're really seeing words that are just spanning centuries. I love it. I think this was the perfect choice for our big hymn episode number 93. <laughs> our big comeback. Our big comeback. Okay, so 
Before we end this episode, we have to talk about this man who paraphrased St. Francis's words. Right. The Canticle of the Sun. So let's hear about William Henry Draper. Okay. He was born on December 19th in Kenilworth, Warwickshire, England. Now, the whole reason why he wrote this was because he was participating in a Whitsuntide festival in Leeds, England. Now, we've talked about Whitsuntide before. So So Whitsuntide, it's also called White Sunday or Whit Sunday. And it's the seventh Sunday after Easter. Okay. And this is supposed to be when Christians are celebrating the sending of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. to the first followers of Christ. All right. Pentecost. So these were big church festivals, Cal. You had Christmas, Easter, a harvest festival, and Whitsuntide. That was it. There were holidays off from school. Schools were closed. And really, these could be big events, almost like our 4th of July. Wow. With parades and parties. Um, Maybe not a backyard barbecue, but these outdoor neighborhood celebrations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But they've gone out of fashion. Nowadays, Whitson is barely even thought of. There is a holiday in May, but they just call it now like a spring bank holiday. Okay. They don't really even talk about Whit Sunday anymore. And well, Easter changes every year. So that seventh Sunday right. after Easter would always be different. Right. And so that must, maybe it was just easier to pick a day and right. keep with it. But I found a blog from okay. someone in England who remembered participating in Whitsun Sunday festivities when he was a kid. And it was very sweet. He said that they just changed to spring bank holiday in 1972. Wow. So prior to that, they were still having these Whitsun um, festivities. He said that there were parades, which had brass bands and choirs. So this is what our guy Draper was Mm -hmm. wanted to do. He wanted to create something for a choir that's why he came up with this song for Whit Sunday. It's often referred to as the birthday of the church. Right. So there would often right. be a birthday cake. Right. Okay, so I tried to figure out where was he? Okay, right. so you're in Leeds. It mm-hmm. definitely says Leeds. So in Leeds, the small little town, this, they don't even call it a town, like right. a, village, a village, a hamlet called Adele or Adel, A-D-E-L. And that's the church, Adele Church. He would have been there. And that's where he would have premiered his hymn. And here's a fun fact. The paternal grandparents of the Princess of Wales were married at that church in December of 1946. Wow, that's amazing. So you can still go to this church. I found pictures of it online. It's very... Let's go there. It's very sweet. It's very small. So that's William Henry Draper. Well, thank you, William Henry Draper, because we wouldn't have the same without you. Well, maybe we'd have Paul Tate. Oh, yeah, that's right. We'd have the new one. (laughs) Yeah. So, Kelly, I think this was great. I hope you all really enjoyed listening and learning about all creatures of our God and King, and mostly about St. Francis. We learned a lot about him. Yeah. Now... We've listened to Raluca's Beautiful Piano. Yes. We have Richard's organ music. Yes. We, 
I wanted something maybe a little modern, but not too modern. Mm. So I found this musician named Derek Sandstorm. So he is a worship leader in Pennsylvania. He leads worship at the Cross Point United Methodist Church. And he is like a one-man band, Kelly. Right. So he makes these recordings where he sings, he plays drums, he plays guitar, he does it all. He overlaps it. And honestly, you would never guess Mm -hmm. that it was one person. Wow. So we're going to share the audio of it, but I honestly feel like I want to share the video on Mm -hmm. social media Mm -hmm. so that you can see him in all his different parts. Yeah. So he really does a nice job of modernizing the hymns. All right. So let's hear it. This is Derek Sandstorm's version of All All Creatures Creatures of Our God and King. All Creatures of Our God and King And with us sing, oh, praise him, alleluia. Thou burning sun with golden beam, and silver moon with softer gleam, oh, praise him, oh, praise him, alleluia. The video is so interesting to watch. I know. He does He a good plays job. every instrument, you guys. Drums, guitar, piano. He's really talented. And, you know, a couple of years ago, he, he took on this project to write and record one song a week, right. each one based on a psalm. And then he condensed those songs down to two albums, which are available. So oh. people can find them on streaming services. Mm-hmm. People can go to his website. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll share 
all of his information um, on our show notes. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Derek. Kelly, we have to do our hymn takes. What do you think? I am so impressed with this hymn. Me too. Starting from, you know, the late 1100s, early 1200s, St. Francis of Assisi coming all the way down to Draper in the early 1900s. To this guy, this guy, Derek Sandstrom, Derek doing his own thing. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, there's so much about this. It is a great psalm of praise. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. feel like we need more hymns that just praise God in real poetic language. Yes. It's yeah. just beautiful. Um, but I actually really am drawn to the verse. This is my hymn take. Um, I think it's our verse three. It's the originals, verse five. Um, it's about the men of tender heart that we yeah. were kind of talking about. But when it says, ye who long pain and sorrow bear, praise God. So even though you are going through lots of pain and sorrow, and it says long, I'm just thinking long-suffering people, still praise God, but also, and on him, Cast your care. Is that a message that people need to hear right now? You who are in pain and in sorrow, still praise God and then give him those pains and sorrows. Cast your cares upon him. That's right from the Bible too. God will take care of you. Mm. Yeah, that's great, Cal. Um, I'm just going to be, I feel like it's really basic, but I love lift up your voice and with us sing. Mm. And who are we talking to? We're talking to all of creation. Lift up your voice and And join us and join us. So we are singing and then we're inviting everybody, everything in creation to join us. And I think that that's like our, the message for this, our world, right? Join us, Mm -hmm. join us in worshiping the God who has given us life, who has given us all of these blessings Mm -hmm. here on earth and who has promised us eternal life. Right. Join us. This song says so much and it's hard to pick just one thing. Right. Yeah. Right. But we hope that by listening and singing along, you were also praising along. All of you lift up your voice and praise God together. Join us. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you in two weeks for another new episode. Can't wait for that. In the meantime, follow us on social media. Yeah, please. Are you following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter? And if you're interested in getting him talk twin talk to your church in person, send us an email, himtalktwintalk at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Keep Keep singing. singing.